0: Welcome to Radio Free Culture from WFMU, where we examine issues at the intersection of digital media and the arts. My name is Cheyenne Homan, and in this episode, we'll be talking with Emily Salts from the Pop-Up Archive, an organization that works to help researchers, journalists, and archivists have easier access to sound through transcription.
1: My name's Emily Salts, and I'm the head of content strategy at Pop-Up Archive. Uh, Pop-Up Archive is a company that works to make sound searchable. So what that means is we work with radio broadcasts, oral histories, uh, all kinds of archival collections and use speech-to-text software as a way to create new access and metadata for that audio that can really let both the content creators and listeners on the other end uh, discover that audio in a whole new way.
0: Cool. So how long has the pop-up archive been around?
1: So it started, actually, after the two founders, Bailey Smith and Ann Wooten, met at the Berkeley School of Information, Uh, and it started as their master's thesis, actually. They were working with the Kitchen Sisters, who are public radio legends, who've recorded interviews with all sorts of people over, like, decades, and their recording history has passed through basically every kind of recording medium that's out there. So they, were deal- they had this problem where the Kitchen Sisters had all of this great raw material just like piling up. They were slowly digitizing it, but they didn't really know what to do with it, like where, what kind of home it could have on the internet and how you know, new listeners could discover it. Uh, so Anne and Bailey set out as their master's thesis to create a platform to upload this kind of sound and create the metadata for that on the web in a way that it can be reused and rediscovered. And it really just sort of grew from there, just listening to the actual problems that are out there uh, in the audio community and trying to think of the role of text in particular and how we can use speech-to-text software to create this new layer of data for audio that can let people discover it online.
0: Yeah, so what people did they have in mind when they developed this tool? I mean, obviously, or or clearly, you know, they wanted to make the the Kitchen Sisters sort of collection more viable. But what are some other examples of collections that have worked with Pop-Up Archive to make them more searchable?
1: So the Studs-Turkle Archive was another early use case. Studs-Turkle is this radio legend from Chicago who was on the air every day for like 45 years uh, talking with everyone from like Bob Dylan to like London taxi cab drivers. Uh, He's most well known now, I feel like as an oral historian, uh, writer. So we were an early partner with them, uh, really just thinking about like, how do you make these voices heard online? And, you know, the thing we keep coming back to is this this issue of like the internet is a medium that searches text like that's how it's all designed like that's how anything is found in a search engine is is through words and so you know it doesn't matter how much amazing great content is in this bob dylan interview if there are no words to go along with it then nobody's ever going to find it and it's expensive especially for big archives for someone who's like been on the air for 45 years to to have a human go through and do all of that. So, that was a use case where it made a lot of sense for them to use these machine transcripts and machine tagging that we do to really just like open up all this content that's like sort of trapped in the black box of sound to put it in a in sort of epic sounding terms.
0: Does this software digitize and transcribe, or is it only used on? Files that have already been digitized.
1: Yeah, so we take uh, digitized files only, but we try to we try to make it really as simple from that point on. Um, it's like a drag and drop platform that takes like any kind of common media file.
0: You sent me a couple of articles, which I looked through, and uh, one of the things that you mentioned was Audio Search, mm-hmm. which is a, a search engine for podcast via SoundCloud. Do you want to talk a little bit about that and its functionality?
1: Yeah. Um, well, so I'll, I'll put it in relation to Pop-Up Archive, which, since it was first started, has evolved into this tool for producers to, you know, as I said, drag and drop their audio and uh, get these machine transcripts and really, like, log their raw interviews. Um, so that is a scenario where, you know, these producers or, or content owners opt-in to get that service. But our belief is really that the entire web should work this way for audio. We really see a future where uh, you can just be thinking of a line of a radio show you heard, type that into a Google search bar, or some kind of search bar, and, and find that exact moment in the audio. You know, people are kind of spoiled by being able to search all sorts of crazy things for text, but with audio, it's so limited. Um, and so the goal with this second project audio search was to go out there and really grab top radio and podcast shows and create a search engine for them by using this same software to make top radio and podcast shows like searchable to the second.
0: Yeah, so how many shows are in that queue right now?
1: Uh, so right now, it's like thousands of episodes, I think, at this point. It's a little less than 200 shows. Uh, And it's still a very early project, but we're already seeing some really interesting things happen, just like looking at some of the traffic that comes through. You can see, for example, someone will search something on Google, like, um, you know, there's a podcast, a great podcast called Reply All, and someone will search like Squarespace, PJ, Reply All, some like sequence of words that's like not anywhere in the title or description, but just because they type that in and because we're indexing that transcript text, uh, they can find that funny little clip in audio search and listen to that like right away.
0: Yeah, that's amazing. I know that, you know, much like books before mass scanning and, and sort <laughs> of like reading, skinners who could read what they were scanning, um, you know, we were stuck with sort of keywords and tagging and these controlled vocabularies. So do you think that Natural language is going to be the way that people are going to be finding these things, or are you still going to be tagging them with you know potential keywords or subjects that people might be searching for?
1: Yeah, so that's a really good question, and that's sort of like a balance we try to find um, every day, like balancing between the state of automatic speech recognition as it is, and you know this sort of pretty accurate but not like human level accuracy. Versus trying to get people to manually tag these things, which is a lot more time consuming but arguably more accurate. And I think that the answer is ultimately going to use both machine and human generated technology. And I, I think there's still a long way, a lot of advances that we're going to see in the next few years with automatic speech recognition. Uh, and it's already gotten so much better just in the last few years. So I think that that gap is going to sort of get narrower and narrower.
0: Well, so if somebody wanted to learn more about Pop-Up Archive or use it, like how would you recommend they go about doing that?
1: Pop-Up Archive as it is now can be a really great help for producers just like looking to log their raw interviews. And all you have to do is uh, go visit the site at popuparchive.com. Um, and we have different tiers of accounts based on the amount of audio that you want to upload. Uh, so that's something that I recommend for anybody who has any kind of audio. They're, they're looking to have searchable in a new way. A nice plus is you can choose to back any audio up at Internet Archive, which I'm sure you're familiar with is like a giant project to basically make everything on the web like saved and searchable forever. Or they have some great inspiring tagline like that, but they're a nonprofit and you can choose to store your audio through them too.
0: So do you think aside from name recognition and sort of the ability to customize that, are there any more sort of sticking points that are impeding the viability and progress of this type of technology?
1: The way audio is just shared and listened to on the web, it's really not part of people's habits right now. It's still very early, you know, even in terms of the platform that people are listening to podcasts and radio shows on, you know, people think it's going to just go more and more digitally. And hopefully, like with the success of Serial, that was kind of a game changer that sort of has had people thinking more about these questions of how can you make audio shareable? What's really the best way to even present audio on the web. And these are still questions that like different people are dealing with in different ways. And I think there remains to be a lot shaken out. People don't expect to be able to search a podcast yet. They don't expect there to be a transcript necessarily. So I think we're, a lot of our work is just changing the perception of like what's possible.
0: Yeah. One thing that I was running into a bit was the sort of issue, this debate of, um, ADA compliance and audio and like, where's the line between our media and our website is ADA compliant and anybody can access our media, but it's only available to people who can hear it. Do you get many clients who are kind of trying to make their media more accessible to people of all abilities as well? Or is it primarily just for research purposes?
1: Yeah. You know, this brings up a really interesting point, which You know, obviously, since we have machine generated transcripts, if you're looking for to make an audio file like more accessible to read, you know, that's not going to be the best experience just like right out of the box because they're imperfect. Although you can edit them. That's one feature in pop-up archive I forgot to mention is that we have a great suite of editing tools to edit them sort of to perfection. So people have asked about that. And right now it's not really the best fit with what we're doing. But it does bring up this bigger question of, like, do people even want to read podcast transcripts? Uh, And I think the answer remains to be seen for that. You know, apart from accessibility, is that even, like, a behavior that people want to do?
0: Yeah, I imagine that this would have a lot of really good research benefits and not necessarily, like, entertainment value.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what we're really trying to figure out right now. But I'm, we're, of course, like, really excited about the potential for accessibility too and encourage people to use pop-up archive that way but we haven't we haven't seen a lot of people flock to that particular aspect of it so far
0: um this has been awesome thank you so much thank Um, you bye. bye radio free culture is produced by wfmu and the free music archive and is supported in part by a grant from the national endowment for the arts Our theme song this week is The Spider-Man's Nano Loop by Uncle Bibby and can be found at freemusicarchive.org. For more information about the Pop-Up Archive, please visit popuparchive.com.